0: Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of The Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Hello, friends. Happy day to you. Thank you for following along all the things that the Dinner Party Project is doing and up to. And this year has already been flying by at record speeds, which is insane. But I wanted to keep you posted on a series that we have coming up called Orlando Matters, the Dinner Party Project dinner series. Um, Super excited about it. We got some feedback from like our five-year party. And what we found was that people wanted more themed dinners around industries and topics. So that is what we are doing. We are doing a five-month series, which started in January. We started off with... um, What's new and fun in Orlando at the balcony, which was so much fun. And then we also did a dog lovers dinner party at the Wellborn, which was so gorgeous. Um, and so many cute pups joined us. I wanted to let you know about dinners that are coming up. We do have one. One's In February, we are doing a dinner party for interior designers, something that is very um, of interest to me, on February 24th at The Heavy. And we will be having delicious food by Mockingbird Orlando. So if you are an interior designer, anything around that area, or just heavily your own home interior designer, um, we would love to have you join us around the dinner table. For our second dinner, we are doing... um, uh affordable housing solutions on february twenty sixth at East End market, which we would also very much love for you to be a part of, we are also excited for this series to partner with Tito's vodka. They have generously given us the capacity to be able to donate to um for each month we get uh, five hundred dollars per month to donate to a fund a local fund <clears throat> And we are choosing for January, we got to donate to the Pet Alliance. And for February, we're choosing to donate to the Coalition for the Homeless, which has to do with immediate housing, but kind of along the same lines. So we're very grateful for that. And in March, we will be doing dinners around health and wellness. Also at East End Market, which we're very excited about. And the second dinner party will be around food deserts and food disparity within Orlando. So we'd love for you to join us for that one. Uh, In April, we will be doing a dinner for the LGBTQ community, which should be very colorful and a lot of fun. And then uh, the second dinner for that month will be around inclusion. How do we um, learn better ways to love our, our community and language and questions that people might have? So we would love to have you join us for those. And then in May, we would love your input. So we are doing two dinner parties in May and we're taking a poll as to what industry and what topic that you would like to talk about. So DM us, um email us, message us. You can vote uh we'll be voting on social media and other places for you to let us know what you would like to see gathered around the dinner table. So, thanks once again to Tito's for supporting us in this uh dinner series and all the people that are kind of collaborating to make this happen. But we would love for you to participate. So, we hope to see you around the dinner table soon. Hello and welcome. To the latest installment of this podcast. Thanks for listening along. Um, this week we are doing a cocktail I'm calling, um, rosy day. I've been really into rose water as of late. And so I kind of put (laughs) a bunch of stuff together. Um, and it was interesting. It was good. It was good and interesting. Definitely not, um, I guess something that I've ever done before, but it was, um, an ounce and a half of Tito's vodka. And then about, uh, half an ounce of St. Germain, um, muddled blueberries. Blueberries are just so delicious this time of year. I, I love, love, love blueberries. Um, so yeah, for each cocktail, probably like three to four blueberries. um, a couple of blueberries and then some lemon juice, a little bit of simple syrup. Um, and you just, oh, and then of course, sorry, um, about, about an ounce or, um, 70.75, uh, of an ounce of rose water. And you shake all of that up and you serve it up in a coop, um, with a little splash of tonic on top, or you can do more or less tonic, whatever you want. But, um, yeah, it was good and interesting, but I was so thrilled to be able to share it with a friend of mine, Sean. Welcome, who is an incredible creative within the city. And he's been here for quite a long time. And I've known that he has done, um, this thing called diverse word, diverse word, um, at dandelion cafe, which is, if you haven't been there, then you probably shouldn't call yourself an, uh, central Florida, Um, resident, uh, it's kind of a rite of passage, but dandelion cafe is wonderful right downtown off of, uh, like near mills and 50 on Thornton Avenue and they have something called diverse word. So it's a spoken word every Tuesday, which I feel like has been going on for about forever So Sean started that and he is talented in the ways of expressing himself through the spoken word. I've seen him collaborate with page 15, which has been really beautiful. And so it was really fun to have him and hear a little bit more of his story um, and what he's doing in this city, which is pretty incredible work. He is just a really like solid person and a kind soul. So it's always like fun to be around him. I trust that you are going to enjoy this episode as much as I did. Sean, welcome.
1: Dana Rockmore.
0: Welcome to the welcome house.
1: I hey. am in the welcome house. Come on now. Come on. I can't feel more at home than like right now.
0: That would make a lot of sense. Because right? it's the welcome house. It's the welcome house. for This
1: interview Sean- was meant to be.
0: It was meant to be. Yes. This is like the early 20s interview that I've done. I think it's like the 22nd one or something. Cool. So yeah. 21
1: in. was my favorite number for a very long time. All right. Because of Dominique Wilkins. I was a fan.
0: Okay.
1: So he's an NBA. See, I don't know where you are with sports.
0: I am like probably about <laughs> 20%, like 23 you is know Michael who, Jordan's let me, let me ever, at, right? 23? You, yes. Okay.
1: Do you know who Dominique Wilkins is? No. Okay. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging. I'm
0: in like the Dwight Howard, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett like level of
1: probably I'm just, okay. Uh,
0: yeah, Dwight fair Hill, enough. Grant Hill, Grant Hill. <laughs> yeah, see, see, like I, this is where I am. I'm about twenty percent in to to the sports world.
1: All oh, good, but I, yeah, fair enough.
0: I do, yeah, I do love basketball.
1: Me too. Mm-hmm.
0: I I grew up watching the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Good, Scottie Pippen. Yeah. Dennis You're there. <laughs> anyway, I love having you here, having a sharing a drink with me. So, cheers! Cheers! Salud! Yes. And um, the drink today is probably something rosy because it's got rose in it. it. Doesn't have an official name, but I feel like it's like
1: maybe you should call so, it the Rockmore.
0: The Rockmore. The Rockmore Rose, something like that.
1: Alliteration. Yeah.
0: It, works. it is something, like I said, that I am playing around with just like making stuff up. So hopefully you'll enjoy it and we'll see <laughs> if it ever makes the light of day at a dinner party. But it is comprised of Tito's vodka, okay. muddled blueberries, St. Germain, um, rose water, and then lemon juice, all shaken up real well and topped off with tonic water. Which is my fave? Awesome, awesome. So
1: I know, I know, I, would, I know uh, as much about that world as you did all about right. some of the basketball things. References. So, so, so I'm 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 in the off position now. I'm like, all right, Rose Water Saint
0: Saint Germain Saint Bernard. Like, sure, yeah, Saint, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm drinking it. <laughs> that is great. I'm watching it. You got skills. Um, that's very generous. So, speaking of cocktails, I would love to know if there is ever um a go-to drink for you
1: Yeah, I got into cocktails maybe about a year ago. Just wanting to I'm a I'm a learner just all around and right. I like to have fun and that kind of thing. So, uh Painkillers is what I like. Right. I, yeah. That's
0: such an intense name. <laughs> but I'm sure it's very delicious.
1: It is. Uh my, well, my wife and I were at a uh, Bahama Breeze one time and mm-hmm. they they served Painkillers and I don't know, everything just felt right. It was like, man. And then she's very inquisitive, like, how do you make this? Right. With everything. Like, how can we do this at home and not like depend on, you know, she these, is she menus. is she a
0: DIY
1: Yes, she is. Okay. She's definitely a DIYer. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think we experimented one time at home and then I was like, Oh, I like I got it now, you know. So
0: So how do you well, what's in the painkiller?
1: Uh it is uh Pusser's Dark Rum. Okay. Um Delish. a little bit of orange juice, a little bit of pineapple juice um a little bit of cream of coconut
0: mm-hmm. with ice mm-hmm. you blend
1: that all together, sure, and then um top it off with nutmeg yeah after it's done so it so it's like
0: f- it's like fruity um creamy. but
1: yeah, but it kind of the 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 rum kind of cuts the cream of coconut kind of balances balances. The ingredients balance. So it's not just like a
0: glass of fruit juice.
1: No, it's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, I don't know. I I think I would qualify it as like a summer drink, but. Fair enough. Summer Summer fallish.
0: Summer fallish. Rum. I think you can do rum all year round, really. (laughs) (laughs) In my book, but depending on how you make it. Um, That sounds delightful. So how. I don't even know how long you've been in Orlando. How long have you lived here? Since 1993. Dang. Okay. Long time. Yeah. Great. So you've been here for a really long time. Could you give us maybe uh, two or three of your favorite spots around town to either grab a drink or go for a date night in Orlando town?
1: Hmm. Two or three spots. Um, So my wife and I like to go to the Robinson.
0: Yes.
1: Downtown. It that. doesn't,
0: don't you feel like Miami?
1: Yeah, it's like, so. nice or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's super so, cool, super mm-hmm. chill. Chic. Yeah, and um, it's kind of, in terms of taste, both my wife and I is like.
0: You can find revived. something. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, their menu
0: is pretty extensive. Yeah,
1: and it, I mean, the staff there, too, is super friendly and, and just mm. accommodating and the whole deal.
0: Knowledgeable. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. And they make great cocktails there as well. There's sometimes there's music playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the whole vibe is cool. Um, in terms of eating places. That's a good one. I'm uh, I like Mamak.
0: Mamak.
1: Yeah, Asian street food.
0: Yum. That's
1: just Yes. Super cool. Um
0: And you can like hear in there. Like I yeah. I feel like it's like even when it's sometimes busy, it feels like it's still like you can have a conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another place to go, which you gotta be careful with if you care about your, uh, I guess calorie intake or whatever, but, um, seafood station. Um, is amazing. Okay. It's near, uh, new to me. Pine Hills and silver star. Okay. Yeah. It's a little, just a little rinky dinky small spot, but the food is,
0: is it like a mom and pop? Amazing. Like a mom and pop?
1: Um, I don't know the owners or anything. I just okay. know it's a small venue. Right. And the food is delicious. Like absolutely delicious. And I'm pescatarian too. So yeah. um corn, potatoes, shrimp. Mm. Just I
0: would, Im- I would imagine. And it's
1: not seafood. all greasy oil, like it's not like over over the top. Right. But the seasoning is they just, just do um, it right. They do it right. They do it right. So shout out to Seafood Station.
0: Seafood Station. I love seafood. You should go there. Besides oysters. And then sometimes I can do mussels, but, um, yeah, I really love shrimp and lobster and crab. And do they have biscuits there?
1: I only get one thing.
0: Only get one thing. Okay. <laughs> like,
1: I don't know what else they got.
0: What is your item of choice? Uh,
1: gosh, I always describe it to them and then they're like, ah, oh, it's, it's basically like a, a shrimp, uh platter, it's like it comes with like ten shrimp, corn and potatoes, or you could get like fries if you don't want the potatoes. But the potatoes probably better. Okay. And um, I am just... a
0: sucker for fries. Okay. Well, yeah.
1: Well, you do you. I, no, no, no. Just I know. Just go there and experiment and, and, and do you, but all for Sean Welcome's recommendation.
0: Okay. Fair enough.
1: You won't be disappointed. I can guarantee that much.
0: I can already. It already sounds like I won't be disappointed. So I think we're on the right track. <laughs> and I love seafood, so I'm always up for like exploring new spots. Cool. I feel like there's so many new spots that people, do, or, or spots that people that have been around a long time, like even on OBT, on Semoran, like a lot of yeah. Really Orlando's great... growing. Orlando's so, growing. I so that's... But I mean, even on like Orange, when you get down past like Holden. Like, there's some Mexican joints that are like, blow your mind, delish. But if, they've been here for a while, yeah. but they're just maybe more under the radar. Yeah.
1: Reyes is awesome, too. Reyes? Reyes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stubber nailed, Mule?
0: N- nailed the nail, nailed it, I think, on every level, Reyes. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: whole vibe. A, lo- a
0: lot of levels, yeah. Great yeah. drinks, great atmosphere. Great food and service. Stubber Mule, yes. It depends, I depends on the depends
1: on on the on yeah the I
0: feel like it's always like pretty slammed on like and I that's yeah. not my vibe yeah
1: yeah yeah. I got you as often but the outside that whole patio right spot with the with the heat lamps you know I mean it doesn't get super cold down here mm-hmm. but when it you know there's moments where like
0: you're like this is the spot yeah, right I, for right now for right now for yeah. right now <laughs> yeah fair enough I mean they for a do, season they
1: had uh, shrimp tacos that was just amazing
0: yes
1: like absolutely amazing so
0: okay i feel you so you've got robinson room
1: oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i got one more i will be remiss if i didn't mention um oh gosh the name escapes me now where where uh four rivers used to be hunger Street street
0: tacos shout out i know What's your what's your go to order there?
1: The veggie tingas.
0: The veggie tinga.
1: Yeah. Okay. Quesadilla. Veggie tingas.
0: Yeah. I get their quesadillas sometimes and then um I think it's like the carne asada one, like the beef one. It's, I don't think yeah, it's about- I don't eat you don't eat they, right. Yeah, red meat. So. Yeah, totally. That would make sense.
1: The veggie tingas Man. on point.
0: I, yeah, I love a fish taco as well. That is my. I can get in trouble with some fish tacos. <laughs> yeah, they have a they have a, a good one also at Reyes too, and trim tacos. Anyway, we digress.
1: We digress.
0: Okay, so great great spots for cocktails. You make your own at home sometimes. Sometimes bit,
1: yeah? every now and again. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is, it, is your wife your wife is into a good a good cocktail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right.
1: Old fashions. Maybe
0: old fashions. Yeah. It's pretty intense.
1: Mm-hmm. But great. Not intense.
0: You don't think an old fashioned is intense?
1: Doesn't have to be. Oh,
0: huh? okay. Doesn't have to be. I feel like it's pretty boozy. So it's a sipper, but
1: good conversation, mixed with good conversation and oh, good company.
0: A hundred percent. It's just not yeah. something like for me intense. Like a
1: casual. Is
0: intense is like a slower drink versus like a Moscow mule, I feel like, is something you could have two or right. three of.
1: Right. I got you. Oh, Very I see what easy you're saying. I see what you're saying.
0: To drink. And then old fashioned is like pretty strong flavors. So you're yeah. like just slow and slow and intense. Yeah. Okay. If I drank I get that two or three of those, I'd be in a
1: Yeah. Different bad, place. Different place. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? no, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Fair enough. Good. So I was trying to think about how I first connected with you because it's been a couple of years, but I'm not sure if it was through Phil or Ben, or I'm trying to think about kind of the first connections with you.
1: Um, I don't know. I I remember my wife bragging on the dinner party project, Mm. like all excited. Oh, Sean, you got to check out this thing. It's like they do these dinner parties at people's houses and we got to go to one of these things Uh and the whole deal. And so I think, I think, uh, I don't know if you were working with Jenny Joy at the time. Jenny or... Joy,
0: um, hosted for us a, a lot at her, in her home. Oh, okay. Yeah, she okay. Was, yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, it might've been a, I think she, my wife had known Jenny. Okay. And might've found out about it through that. And I think that's. She minute,
0: had worked for Jenny, right?
1: For a period for, of for time. For a period of time. Mm-hmm. Doing yeah. like
0: accounts or something. Uh, or... Ruby
1: Red. Ruby
0: Red cleaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Doing some sales with with that organization yeah, yeah, and helping yeah. out with that. So, um, right. But yeah, I, yeah, it was a few years ago, and I think that's how I first heard your name. I don't know how you first heard mine, but
0: right. I mean, I, yeah, I think it was through like Phil Hissam, mm-hmm. or maybe. Ben. I remember
1: you came to our office at the old place. Yeah, at the old office at the
0: at the down way down somewhere.
1: OBT and Conroy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's way yeah. down somewhere. Yes. Okay. So
1: descriptive, David. Stop. <laughs> right. Stop with all the description.
0: Way down somewhere. Um, yeah. So I think I think that was like learning what you were doing, and then I I maybe had heard about through the spoken word stuff that you had done. Like, have you ever done stuff with like Kaylee Square or
1: prior to us moving into their building or no?
0: I think like. I feel like it was years ago, or no, I hadn't. No, okay, mm,
1: not before we or moved out. Page uh, fifteen. Page fifteen. Yes, okay. I've done some stuff with, with you, um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, okay. Anyway, through all the folks in Orlando, <laughs> I got connected to you and heard all the things and listened to your spoken word over the years, which has been such a beautiful offering that we have in Orlando um, expressing creatively and sharing stories, which is what we're going to do right now. (laughs) But, uh, you do this on a very regular basis, which I think is really cool and beautiful and like makes, you know, cities really unique. Thank you. So we are going to jump into story and I'm excited to hear and learn more of your story and, um, the ways that we just, don't have a lot of control and where we're kind of placed in the world and what Mm -hmm. kind of um, resources we have and don't have and um, family of origin that we are in, you know, and we are all trying to like muddle through and figure it out, you know, through our up, you know, kind of adolescence and upbringing. And then as an adult, we get to, you know, shape a little bit more of what our world looks like. But in those formative years, we don't really at all shape what, you know, kind of that, that um time was so i'd love to kind of know like where did you start where was your family like do you have any siblings like what was the vibe growing up in your family like yeah like what was early days for sean welcome
1: (laughs) (laughs) so uh, my family's from guyana okay guyana is uh country in South America. It's the only English speaking country in South America. I always have to start hmm. with that. It's predominantly made up of uh, Af- that. Afro-Guyanese and Indian Guyanese primarily. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of like the dominant um, uh, ethnicities there. But um, both sides of my family are from that country. All of my roots, um, re- everything really starts there. Okay. Um, from like generations back? Yeah, I'm I'm first generation American. I'm I'm of born in uh Brooklyn, New York. Right. When I immigrated to to the US.
0: So you weren't born there.
1: No, I was not. Got it. But, but all, both
0: of your fa- parents yes, yes, yes. And born, their families raised, and their fa- yes, the whole deal. Okay.
1: So in terms of like culture, culture. The, like that was the dominant culture in my household, reggae music, roti and curry. Oh you know, like boy. Cook up rice. Now Um, you're. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is weird because I I kind of growing up I didn't like
0: like... pause this and go like some curry.
1: (laughs) So, um, so that's my family. I and uh, I was born in uh, Brooklyn in 1983. Okay. And I grew up there the first uh, few years of elementary school Mm -hmm. um, in East New York, roughly.
0: What part of Brooklyn?
1: East New York. East New York. East New York. Yeah. So, oh, side of town. Okay. Yeah. So, um, back and forth between my mom and dad's house. Okay. Um, uh, really my dad was more, yeah. East New York ish. Um, my mom's side more stayed in bed. uh, kind of area, but, um, yeah. So, and when I was, uh, eight, and a half ish. My mom wanted to get out of New York. Mm. And she moved to well, she was looking for a house in Orlando, just wanted to get out of the cold. Her sisters were um I think settled in Jacksonville at the time. Okay. And so she was like looking for different places. I
0: wonder how she landed on Orlando versus
1: Well, I had one of her sisters lived in Miami, the other lived in Jacksonville. So know. she would travel back and forth and she was, I don't know, whatever it was about Miami that she didn't want to do, uh, whatever it was about Jacksonville that she was like, uh, but Orlando, she just fell in love with. And so, um, ended up buying a house there and, um, for a year of my life living, leaving uh, Brooklyn, I lived in Jacksonville with my aunt while the house was being built and then Um, when it was finished, I moved to Orlando in 93. Okay. So tail end of fourth grade, like Mm. tail end of elementary school, Mm -hmm. I kind of wrapped up here and, um, stayed ever since. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I would say growing up was, um, when when I, when I was in New York, just, uh, between houses a lot, my mom and dad weren't together. I just kind of knew who was who.
0: Okay. (laughs) Were they, were they ever together in your life?
1: Um, they were in my life independent of each right. other. Okay. Um and so I have very little memories of of them being together, but I knew who was who and and I wouldn't, you know, I would go to my dad's house on the weekends and my mom's during the week mm-hmm. or sometimes I to say my grandma's. It was just a lot of family um um in the area.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh yeah, just went to school, went back and forth. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have an older sister and a younger brother from my mom. All right. And uh, from my dad, a younger brother and a younger sister.
0: Okay. So you got five
1: total. Um, Or like two, like. So, yeah. On your mom's
0: side, there's three kids. On your dad's (laughs) side, there's two kids.
1: There's three, including me, including me right I guess two others that.
0: two others yeah. two others on both sides
1: two others on both sides so
0: five total between all
1: so uh with an asterisk okay we'll come back to that okay. but yes
0: okay cool mm-hmm. all right
1: got it so but yeah it was it was cool it was fun um got did into it, basketball did it
0: feel like um Our no, no yeah, yeah I, I was just curious about like the The feeling or the vibe of 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 the Change? kind of home life. No, oh, no, no. Like, life. of like, was there tension a lot between your parents, or like, did you feel that, or was it like cool? Everything's cool? there.
1: There was there was tension, um, but n- not. Um, my, my parents were very, I think, intentional of trying to keep me away from those spaces.
0: Hmm.
1: So I know there was conflict. But not that was overtly and repeatedly in front of me all the time.
0: Right. So you didn't live in a, I space didn't live of in a like constant state
1: of fear, a mm-hmm. uh, constant state of, no, nah, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. Like
0: you felt uh, very loved by both your parents. Yes, yeah, I
1: did. Right. I did. Um,
0: and it was just a reality of like, Hey, I'm with, at this point I'm with my mom and at this point, point I'm with my dad. Right, we, right. I know it's, so right. did you see your dad a lot when you moved to Florida? linda
1: um well i would uh the first two years so when i moved to jacksonville i don't think i saw him for like uh to like two years Hmm. um and i saw him again when i was 10 after things i guess kind of settled down between them that's another longer story but sure um yeah i saw him at when i was 10 after like eight and a half so like probably about a year and a half uh, up in New York. So I would spend my summers up in Brooklyn. All right. When I lived here in Orlando. Got it. And that was the routine until my senior year of high school, where I actually Whoa. moved to Brooklyn. I moved back up to uh, New York my senior year of high school. Oh, okay. So I graduated up right. there. Cool. Uh, from John Jay High School. Um, down yeah, just here. Just your last year? Just my last year. Okay. Yeah. You said. So here I went to Union Park Elementary School, Union Park Middle School, University High School.
0: I used to live on Dean and uh, University.
1: Yeah. I know exactly where it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I lived on Rouse Road Mm -hmm. and I also lived on Dean Road. Yeah. But yeah.
1: So go Cougars, UHS. Yeah. (laughs) My brother went to
0: university for a little while.
1: Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, my senior year uh, moved back up north. Um,
0: and you said you were so we're gonna back up a little bit, but I yeah I want to know kind of who Sean was was in like middle school, and high school yeah. like
1: so so when I'm first were you becoming yeah so years. so when I first moved down here, um it was a bit of a culture shock. um, From
0: Brooklyn to Orlando <laughs> in like the early
1: nineties.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would East, say East Orlando, East Orlando uh, in the early nineties. Yeah.
1: Um. Union Park. Union Park. Yeah. So, um, yeah, tail end of fourth grade. It was uh, one of five black kids in my elementary school, Mm. um, which raised some challenges I didn't quite understand. Um, experienced, uh, racist attitudes, you know what I mean? Just kind of like not knowing how to deal with this person that looks very different from everyone else Mm. in your class, I think. Um, and, uh, certainly not playing, placing all the quote unquote, blame on the, the other fourth graders. You know what I mean? Like kids are informed by their parents and and their culture and their society, whatever their influences are. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was a little bit of a challenging year, kind of weird and, um, kind of didn't know what was going on.
0: And entering a school year halfway through is always
1: yeah. a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It was, um, fifth grade was a little better. It was cool. Kind of gained a better sense of, uh, self so, like, part of the reason that was a challenge is my, when I was in Jacksonville, I was really introduced to the gospel. My mm-hmm. aunt was uh, heavy just into the church and, um, you know, the the whole deal. And um, I kind of learned, like, the gospel, like, story in, in that time and believed it and, uh, like, at an early age really understood a lot, I think— from from what was presented and just having like a plan and purpose for my mm. life and um begin to develop my understanding of who Christ was and that whole deal. So coming from that environment into this um space where I'm experiencing racial tension and not, and
0: not as much in Jacksonville?
1: No, 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 um. no. It was more I mean it was segregated, but I was segregated on the black side, so You know what I mean? It was. You
0: felt like you had a lot of community.
1: Yeah. It was like there wasn't, there wasn't tensions between us, you know, other black folks, you know what I mean? It was like, it was cool. Um, But then it it was different when I moved down uh, to East Orlando and kind of there's little comments and kids like picking on me and just mm-hmm. little things like that. And I didn't know how to process that. So under, my understanding at the time that Jesus was a, like a pacifist, you know what I mean? I didn't have the language for the, at, at that time. Sure. You know what I mean? But I was like, if I do something like, then I'm wrong and I'm sinning and I'm so, so I'm, I'm in, I'm I in can't this. Speak
0: out against. I,
1: anything, yeah. Right? So like, it was very confusing. Um, and I don't think I had, nothing against my you know, mom or anything. I don't think I, I had a lot of uh, wisdom to guide me um, as much in that space. And so um, fifth grade, yeah, it got a little better, kind of started just gain a better sense of self and identity and, and like who I was and started to say things back and
0: <laughs> that, right. that
1: whole deal and uh-huh. got in a couple fights all right. Um, I had a good uh got into basketball. All right. So it started to have like At a like few outlets. Grade. Yeah. Um, a f- good friend of mine, uh, Nate Browley, shout out to Nate. He's probably not gonna listen to this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can but send uh it
1: to yeah. Him. <laughs> uh Nate was into basketball and um it was like another black kid in the neighborhood it was like gotta hold on to each other, man. How do we do this? You know right. what I mean? And uh me and him grew up, man, real real close. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up and, um, some other kids in the neighborhood. So, um, yeah, I don't want to, you know, kind of bog you down with too much story, but, uh, essentially back to your question, like how was, you know, elementary, middle, high school, Mm um, I kind of learned how to navigate social spaces better, um, through those, uh, challenges, um, started like identifying with like, you know, Malcolm X and Dr. King, like, as I started to learn about like U S Um, like Black History in the in the United States, like there's this point of like anger, but then there's like this pride because so many have struggled. And um, was
0: that part of your family narrative too? Was that something that they championed as far as like, here's the the road that like so many before us have like yeah struggled with and come down
1: or yeah well not 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 as not as much. It's interesting because in like. There was there was always a, sen- a strong sense of self, I think, among like Caribbean culture, like because we, we could always relate to like Guyana, like that was our pride and joy and still is now. So the narrative of what we would call like black Americans, right, non-Caribbean blacks in America, we didn't necessarily feel the, um, I don't know. I feel like there was a difference in the way we perceived plights, if you will. Okay. I know that sounds a little off, but it, it, basically like it, like the King's store, like obviously people, you know, admire, but it wasn't like a strong emphasis on like these characters. Mm-hmm. Like we got grandmas and great, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's, uh, it was just a different i think uh outlook we were like wrapped into the um like American black history as much because we had you were a Caribbean, more appreciated
0: in the Guyanese right. history exactly Ah, mm-hmm.
1: so so there was uh, a sense of in terms of identity like a stability there like there was a there was a um a sense of um Um, there was a security, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: there, there was more security in that, you know, knowing and telling of identity, the language and the food and the, like we had something to hold on to, whereas we didn't, you know, so, so anyway, all that to say there there was both of
0: your parents started, um, were both of your parents from Guyana and then they, they had lived there and then had moved to. US. Yeah, my
1: mom moved to London first for school, okay, uh, nursing school, and then over to New York in the early eighties. And my dad came over, I believe, yeah, early eighties. Okay, yeah, and I was born in eighty three. So, right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So you were the first one born in the U.S., yeah, but both yeah. of them had been born in
1: Guyana, born and raised, yeah. born and raising, mm-hmm. yeah, and their parents born and raised the whole deal, right? Yeah. So um, middle school uh, cursed a lot like i just got more aggressive like i didn't take no nonsense like I, I i i feel like it was like overcompensating um um just became really into like who i was and like you're not going to get inside here like no one's mm-hmm. going to
0: were you, know. you um like a quiet kid or like a no like i was very loud right
1: in middle school i was extremely loud
0: like, like I am here, like, lem- hear me I, roar.
1: I'm just, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, not, uh, not unprovoked, but like, like I'm on a basketball court or mm-hmm. in class, like, um, you know, make jokes or, um, you know, I was just, I was just an out. I was a very expressive mm-hmm. character, is the best way I can describe it.
0: That's why we're here, man. That's <laughs> why we are here. I love yeah.
1: it. And in high school, I mean, I, I just got better and better. And so, developing a talent in basketball really helped, also, just in my overall security because hmm. I became a
0: was that a good like feeling player. feeling yeah. part of your identity?
1: Um, not I- identity. It was just a talent. It was like something that people, other people, validated me for.
0: Hmm.
1: So, like jumping high was like dudes like Duncan you know what I mean like I was just yeah I was just very active on the court in school out of school um was
0: that something you thought you'd maybe aspire
1: absolutely to be yeah mm-hmm. I was going to the NBA in ah, my in my head really in my head <laughs> in my head for okay. sure absolutely
0: so what made you want to finish up your last year in Brooklyn
1: So, um, I had some tensions with my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom was a single mom here, um, dated on and off. Uh, but senior year, uh, she was, uh, there was a guy in the house and it just kind of felt weird. I felt like she was treating me different. Um, and in my viewpoint, unfair at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, and the dynamic didn't work. I was, uh, like early 17, there was, I think she may not have known how to manage myself and her relationship. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to speak too much into that, but it just, there was tension Mm. and, um, I wanted to leave I was also getting benched, uh, on my high school basketball team.
0: Really? Yeah, and you went to university.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So the the combination of those things was like, man. And then also thinking about my future, I was like, it'll be great. So my whole plan was like, I'm gonna move to New York. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna play for Syracuse. Boom. Mm. And then I'm gonna get drafted by the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was. I was like, I was
1: like, what? I was like, oh, this is like perfect life. setup. I was like, this is perfect setup. Okay. So I'll call my dad. and it was like, I mean, the tensions were really high. I mean, right. not, you know, so not down, and trying to downplay like,
0: that high school years are just like intense. I feel for me, they were very intense and like family relationships. Like I was going through just so much in my head, in my body as yeah. a teenager. Yeah. So I went away to boarding school for my, my last two years because like being with my family was a lot and.
1: We have to do this interview again with me interviewing you. I got it. There's so much. There's so much. There's
0: so much. There's so it's, much it's, it's
1: leaking out right yeah, now. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I mean, I
0: also like. I just i i i understand that moment of life in high school, especially as like a teenager, there is a lot. I feel like coursing through your body, and mm-hmm. a lot with parents, like at that time. So yeah. having that space, like for me, was a really good thing. Good, but. Sounds like maybe that was something along the lines of you're like, I think that we need a load of space, yeah, to make things like probably a better dynamic,
1: yeah, yeah. So, um, and for you to play for the Knicks,
0: <laughs> so perfect choice, yes. Yeah, How'd so, that go your
1: uh, last year? My last year, um, went uh great, it went great. I um moved. Uh, Moved in with my dad, which was new for him Mm -hmm. um, because I only spent time with him in the summers. So now I'm like a 17 year old and I'm here for the long haul, quote unquote, you know. Um, And so, yeah, uh, all of the things that I wanted to do, like I was just in a new space. I loved it. Having just a new environment, just fresh start. Mm -hmm. It was so what was needed for me at that time. And, um, and, uh, a couple months into, uh, enrolling at John Jay High School, uh, I was in Park Slope in Brooklyn. Um, my friends were rapping now growing up. I'd love music. Um, but I'd never seen anybody my age, like spit lyrics the way that I would hear something on the radio. Mm-hmm. I was like, mind blowing. And so, uh, I was in that environment and I was like, kind of squinted my eye a little bit. Like, could I do that? And, um, I went to one of my friends and, uh, I brought him like a rap that I wrote, you know, just like to see what he thought about it before I went out and said I was anything. Right. And, um, I told him, I was like, yeah, I don't really rap. I don't really do this, but but how how about this? Right. And he, he thought I was playing with him that I had. But I was just, like, flexing. Oh,
0: right. right. I'm really not that great, but... Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. Here I am. And so...
0: like, I really never have done I was like, I've never...
1: Yeah. And uh, so I kind of took that. That was, like, a, almost like a co-signature
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the thing. And I... I can maybe do this. Yeah. My mind really opened up. Like, when I started to write more and more, I was like... It was like... Uh, if you could picture, like, a, a curtain... Right. Okay. And there's light behind it, and there's a slit in it. Okay. And this little light peeks through the slit, and I just kind of opened it up a little bit, and I was like, oh, "What's this?" Mm-hmm. And then I just mm-hmm. tore the whole thing open, There was this whole other world of this gifting that I had, that I like, I it was almost like a just a discovery, like, "Oh my gosh, this thing is sitting here." I could pr- I can think of just the craziest things and put it together and people would be amazed and so I was like this is great so yeah. n- so now I'm playing ball I'm rapping like you feeling good I'm feeling good feeling I'm feeling myself like I'm away from like Orlando I'm like I'm I'm back home in my like I'm back home right in Brooklyn you know and and uh, and so yeah it was great. Um, and, uh, did
0: Syracuse come knocking? Uh,
1: no, they did not. But uh, a bunch of uh D three schools were okay. um so Manhattan Community College, Kingsborough Community College, um County College of Morris, which is a D2 school in Jersey. Um I was getting letters like crazy. Yeah. I think I averaged 19.9 uh points a game in, in my division, um, was uh number one in free throw shooting percentage um every like i I just put all of my energy into basketball because i was that's all i had
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and and um writing and so in in between time you know like did nothing else so yeah it was cool did you like
0: school did you like right yeah you said you're a learner yeah yeah i love school you like
1: yep it was cool everything was good all right everything was good um and so well, my dad did not like the idea of me um playing college basketball. Um
0: because
1: well it wasn't a four-year institution of something like in an academic context. And so if you think back to um like culturally in Guyana, there's not a whole lot of like the 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 American context like we would say oh like everyone gets it like you go to the NBA or you play college basketball or people you get scholarships to like that doesn't happen as much and that that was not something that was exposed to my dad so hmm. it was almost as though I was making stuff up to just kind of do what I want to do and he was ahead of the game you know what I mean like I'm I know it, it sounds a little weird nah. but um. Yeah, it was just, you know, why would you, I was trying to explain the two to deal like you, you go to college for uh, two years and then transfer to a four year university. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wanted me to go straight to a four year university, which I didn't think I was ready for uh-huh. at that time. I didn't know what it really, what I wanted to do. I mm-hmm. uh, thought I might wanted to teach, you know, cause I like to learn <laughs> constant theme of my life. And so anyway, long story short, we just kind of butt heads on what I was going to do after high school and uh he was just not for me playing ball even if a college was going to pay for me to play basketball yeah. at the school um he was pay your he, way he, he wasn't um for that cuz it was like you're playing you know it's just uh he didn't you know it was like it's it's all it's not productive
0: but you're going to college
1: but you're playing don't judge my dad.
0: Okay. Good <laughs> people can't see me. Okay. Right. Got it. So yeah. did you play college ball?
1: I did not. I moved back that? to Orlando. Ah. Yeah, I went to Valencia.
0: I went to Valencia.
1: Valencia East Campus. Came back. Started Valencia. Valencia played campus. intramurals. One.
0: <laughs>
1: Had to to get all that energy out. Yeah, um, champs. Valencia East Campus oh, 02 All right. Say something. Uh so that was good. And um, Uh, I was
0: playing professionally still something that was like a part of the dream or were
1: you like, no, I was, I was satisfied. I was satisfied. I I satisfied everything I wanted in my senior, especially when, uh, we won intramurals in Valencia and then, and then I went on to play like on some adult leagues. Okay. Uh, I think up until like 2004, really, I was really active with, with basketball and then, um, yeah. While going to school. So yeah, graduated Valencia in 2005 with an associate's degree in general studies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then wanted to teach, went to Barry university at their uh, school of education. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to do like K through six. Um, cause that's what I had, a, uh, like Florida minority scholarship for. And, uh, had to drop out of school because finances fell apart. Uh, my car broke down. It was like my granddad's car. I was kind of like co-sharing with him, you know, just like trying to make it and things yeah, just kind of fell apart. But what I held on to was that new gift that I had Mm -hmm. with writing and performing Mm -hmm. and storytelling. So I started to go to open mics during my, um, time at Valencia. And yeah, I think, yeah, that was the first time I really performed like on a, in a stage in like a, poetry, rap kind of context
0: and and not any in New York,
1: uh, in the hallways in my high school. Yeah. But okay. not, you know, it wasn't, that was all rap stuff, but where it kind of merged into mm-hmm. performance poetry was more, um, uh, when I came back down to Orlando and went to Valencia and I was like, Oh, y'all gotta hear this. And uh-huh. no one knew me for writing. I learned that up there. Right. I, I, I developed and discovered that talent up mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So when I came back down, I was like, Black, you know, that was my nickname. Like, Black, you don't write. Like, you hoop. You know what I mean? Like, I was known as a basketball player, not mm-hmm. a writer.
0: So, so you kind of unlocked that within New York. But then when you came to back to Orlando, it wasn't something that you initially had kind of started no, to No, I kept
1: writing. I loved writing.
0: But it wasn't as public as... Or, right. Or like you weren't getting into as much of a public space, just like it was for yourself.
1: Right, right, yeah. right, right. This is
0: an outlet for me.
1: Yeah, and but I, I did uh like the performance aspect because that's what i was exposed to mm-hmm. it went up, up north mm-hmm. Um but
0: you only started that after you finished valencia
1: no well, right when i started valencia mm-hmm. yeah it was more when i, when I started valencia and that people it, gotta, gotta. were just giving me a whole lot of accolades and like you know like mm-hmm. just impressed and so that was feeding my own ego and sure. my uh confidence and whatever you want to call it and uh yeah. So, so I started looking for venues to go to open mics and I started doing that like 2004, 2005. I was at AKA lounge on Sunday nights. What? Yeah. CC to Tanil and Rod Z hosting. Um, so that little like early two thousands, mid two thousands era. Sure. Um, going there, going, uh, I forget the other name of the other names, of some of the other spots, vocalization and, um, yeah. So I was just on a journey to like express this thing. Like i would just create stuff and get on the mic and spit it, write it, you know, like that was my thing. Um, and then it just snowballed. Um, it got to a point in 2006 when I had to, um, drop out of Barry university that, um, we were doing a poetry play so like this is like 2005. We were doing a poetry play. Me, Blue, some other artists in the city were a part of a poetry play, kind of like a musical, but okay. instead of doing songs, you would do poems. You would like perform mm-hmm. them. And so at the old Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center on North Orange Avenue, before where it is now, sure, it was there uh, on, on North Orange. We had a play there in the where? old the Dr. Phillips Performing Arts yeah, Center. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to picture where it was.
1: You beforehand. know, uh, so it was on North Orange Avenue. It was like mm-hmm. a stone building. I can't. Where, no-
0: where was it near? Was there cross streets?
1: So, you know, where I, mean, I used uh, to
0: live on North orange Avenue. So I'm trying to think of where a stone building is. I mean, it doesn't really matter, yeah. but Yeah. Just trying to, yeah. Interested? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: So, so we had uh, we had an opportunity to perform there. It, that play made the newspaper. A director at Thirty Third Street Jail found these black kids doing poetry uh-huh. in a newspaper and was like, "Hey, can you come and like talk to our youth offenders and like inspire them and talk to them about decisions and blah blah." blah. So we ended up going there, and that began a journey mm-hmm. of like community service, cool. like. Oh, this like we found so much purpose and like now we're using writing to empower and impact others and encourage them to write. And uh yeah, shout out to Marquise McKenzie Sr. Uh, he was in one of those classes. He's out now doing, started his own business and just killing it. Mm-hmm. So, i know, sidetracking. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I found this tool like super powerful. And um I also realized that the poetry open mics were still very Mm homogenous in terms of content and people. And, um, uh, I wanted to mix it up a little bit more. Like I would go to different open mics and hear a little bit of different styles, different types of stories, uh, different types of poems and performances. And I wanted it all to be in one place. Um, so uh, 2006, I ended up on a, this is a longer story, well, I'll shorten it, I ended up on a team to go to National Poetry Slam, which is a national poetry competition, um, just my, through my involvement in performing around the city. Um, went to nationals, my mind was blown, because uh, that was in Austin, Texas at the time. Okay, uh, Poets from all over the country came and performed, and like I got to see like, poetry on, on a whole nother level. My, yeah. I came back from that competition and, and between having that experience and um, noticing like the open mic that I idealized in my head did not exist. I was like, I'm going to start that. Okay. And so I told one of my friends, Holly Riggs, uh, her name's changed now. Last name changed, but um, she was like, you should check out Dandelion. Mm -hmm. Go around there. I think there's now I didn't know it was Dandelion's first year of business so this the, is 2006, 2006.
0: okay
1: Let's she's just... like check out dandelion I Had a motorcycle at the time right. i was leaving aka lounge on my bike <laughs> uh, went Roll over up. there i looked at the venue i uh, looked at the sidewalk i looked at the patio and just kind of nodded my head and was like i'm gonna create something here all right so i sent the owner an email mm-hmm. julie uh julie wilder. wilder Yep. Yep. And cast my vision for it, mm-hmm. and two weeks later, September 19, thousand six, I had my wow. first open mic night there, and the rest is history.
0: That is that is quite the history because now we're in 2020.
1: 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So fourteen years. Well, we'll be fourteen in 14, September. Yeah, yeah.
1: but um, but yeah. So and that's been the undercurrent of my life, mm-hmm. like whatever was going on in my personal life, professional school, all that Tuesday was like my release, my community, my Mm -hmm. cultivating what I idealized. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. In in, in my head. So, um, so yeah, I love it. I'm I'm super proud of what it became and continues to do for people Mm -hmm. to give them a voice, a place of expression and the whole deal. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: 2008.
1: I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish off my life story because that's where yeah. this is going, and We're I don't want to take up too much We're... of the uh, time here. All right. So 2007, I'm working at Hewitt and Associates, uh, which is like a call center, okay. uh, human resource outsourcing on the east side, okay, town. And um, first day of orientation, this pretty young girl sit next to me.
0: And how old are you at this
1: time? I'm 24.
0: 24. Mm -hmm. All right.
1: And, um, 23, 24, just turned 24. Okay. And we had to introduce ourselves first day of orientation. And she said her name. Hey, I'm Jana Felix. Uh, a little something about yourself. And I said, I'm Sean. Welcome. A little something about myself. Next person to my right stands up, says their thing. Right. And so he and she and I strike up a conversation, uh, after that. And We were just friends. I was actually dating somebody at the time, which crashing was on its way out, which I'm not going to get into because I like to be in a good space. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, her and I were just really good friends um, for about six months, and it got serious after six months. All right. Um, And she had kids. She had two kids. So that was kind of like a decision that I needed to. I think about a lot because sure. that's, that's a lot. That's a- I don't know about her past. I don't, you know, I don't know anything, but just the brightest like spirit just on fire for the Lord, which, you know, that was always some, been something that like really kept me grounded mm-hmm. throughout my like life journey and just pretty as all get out, you know, big, beautiful smile, just she just radiated you know what i mean and um
0: you were feeling her yeah,
1: yeah. but i couldn't let her know because uh, because well, i'm a guy you can't you can't show your hand uh can't show you can't well, i
0: mean until like she was available or just like even then you were just like well like, cool? like like i like, a, like a,
1: yeah uh, yeah like a- yeah i liked her but i couldn't let her know that until i had signs that she liked me you know how it goes
0: i guess don't ask me i I'm not i'm not not good at this stuff it takes another sip another
1: yeah. another episode mm. on relationships right but um but anyway long story short we um ended up deciding to date and then um you know went through that whole process i went through my dying process of my pride mm. uh for about a week i was like intense like thinking about all the worst things that kids could say to me (laughs) you know what I mean because I didn't have any biological kids okay but um yeah I just I loved everything about just her independence and just everything and so I proposed to her uh August 18th 2008 in Kissimmee where she was from and then uh we got married in November 2008 all right so so you've been married for 11 years going on 12 yeah Wait going on eleven what's what are we in going on twelve I know. good night
0: it's
1: so so uh when we got married um had a ten year old daughter and a seven year old son and we were twenty five that's yeah so she had kids young right has her own story sure um that's a
0: that's, that's a um obviously a, a game changer one to be married and then game changer two to step into that role Yeah. with kids that, of that age yeah. at, at 25. Family. Yeah. Right. So,
1: so yeah. So but yeah, like, we knew it was right and uh-huh. just went for it. So when you know, you know, you know what I mean? I'm not going to try to give relationship advice, but right. You know, we, you just we felt, felt like, we yeah. knew it. it was, yeah. We just knew it.
0: My dad always told me, um, never marry someone that you can live with, marry someone that you can't live without. Mm. Um, so maybe that was a good one. the, the moment of, uh, <coughs> meeting Jenna. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was, it was, I think it was a, a maturity thing for both of us. Cause for her, she had to really trust again. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it was a risk for her. Mm-hmm. It was a risk for me, but both risks that we were both like willing, willing to, take. to
0: take. Yeah. You
1: know what I mean? Um, and our family, Family. Well, my family kind of didn't understand it. It was <laughs> so like, "What are you doing?" Not, sure. not as much. Some. It's some pretty. People. It's
0: pretty young. Somewhat yeah, young. You yeah. Know. So I can but, understand the concern. Sure.
1: And uh, yeah, it was kind of scary for some people, but we knew. Yeah. And uh, just went with it, and here we are. Here we Still are. Still strong. So.
0: So as you may know, or may not know at all, cocktails are kind of my thing. At the end of a long day, or any day really, crafting a drink, whether it's simple or more complex, I really look forward to a delicious cocktail. Plus it makes all conversations better. Tito's Handmade Vodka is always a go-to for me. It's the perfect thing to have on hand to make just about any cocktail. That is what I love about Tito's. It's so versatile. Anything from a Moscow mule to an elderflower martini to a white Russian. Plus, Tito's handmade vodka has won a million awards, but for real. It's been distilled six times and won the SF World Spirit Championship. So the next time you are looking for an incredibly drinkable cocktail, pick up some Tito's Handmade Vodka. Plus, you should head over to Tito's Vodka.com to read up more about their story and pick up some delightful recipes. So as you kind of grew into adult years and you get to like shape more of, of uh, obviously who you are and, and what you do and where you want the trajectory of your life to go, but, um, kind of as an adult, has there any, has there been any kind of like seminal moment or a time where, um, you really felt like I am really proud of something that I've created or something that I've worked for, or like a time that you just felt like this is a really cool thing that I've really been a part of. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, there's been accomplishments that I've had in the arts that have really kind of put a stamp of, of my own sort of internal like approval. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I had these dreams of going to the NBA that didn't happen, mm-hmm. but in uh, 2015, I get a call from Fox Sports to write Orlando Magic commercials. Ah, for that cool. season. And so, uh, the season opener for the 2015, 16 season, that was me. Um, and I was all on TV and, and I put this little post on Facebook. It was like after, you know, that, I started naming all the obstacles. And then at the end of it, I was like, I still made it to the NBA and I (laughs) I posted the video. So that was really neat. Um, Graduating came, came full circle, came full in circle. That moment. Yeah. yeah, I was like, bam, I did it. Uh, you know, it wasn't the way I thought, but
0: right,
1: you know, that's pretty the cool, way though. God, kinda, yeah, it was cool. All right. Um, dandelion, obviously, divers word, I'm, I'm I'm proud of that. Um, still am. That's mm-hmm. still, I mean, that's ongoing. Um, graduating Valencia was a, a huge milestone, I was really happy about I never thought i <laughs> passing uh my statistics like my math courses was like
0: ugh, you know I took dread. statistics twice right
1: I don't know that oh
0: yeah math but. is not my 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 jam yeah. and I I had to drop out the first time statistics and the second time
1: yeah yeah, it was a lot but I, I got over that hump and I was so happy and proud and I got my associates degree. I was like top of the you know king of the hill um, in 2013, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to jump forward in time because right. you're talking about accomplishments. So I have to kind of yeah. l- rattle those off. Um, in 2013, um, I, uh, went back to school. So when I left after Valencia and I had to drop out of Barry university, which had a satellite campus in Orlando, I was just out of school for like seven years. So jumping back in in 2013, like at UCF, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, I'm going to do this. They have a creative literature track. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to get my bachelor's in like creative writing. Like that makes sense. And so um, I graduated UCF in uh, 2017 as an adult. in like 30s or something. I don't know what yeah. how it was, yeah. but yeah, it was like 15 years from the time I started college, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, uh, 2017, I got my bachelor's degree. That was a big moment that as well. That must have
0: been yeah. really fulfilling yeah. and exciting to, did you walk?
1: I did. You um, did. and I, I actually switched my track to English literature the last, uh, few semesters. So okay. my, my degree is in English, but with the, the literature.
0: All right. Track, so
1: that's pretty amazing. So it was cool, and then I mean, other things. I mean, performances. I've uh, traveled all over the country, speaking and performing, and like that doesn't happen. Norm, that's like not normal for poets to travel. Um, n- not in the capacity that I have. I think hmm. so. Like the normal track is like you're a poet. You have a chapbook or a CD or. You know, you kind of Perform you go to locally. Locally, and like, you know, it's like a little, little poetry thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, larger venues of three, four hundred, five hundred, fifteen hundred people, major summits, conferences, mm-hmm. like the, you know, those are usually reserved for like speakers, like people who do motivational speeches and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But I've kind of wiggled my way in that space. With poetry, right? And performance poems, and been able to get um, engagements with um, Orlando Magic, and um, there's an ad right now for full sale, full sale universities enrollment ads. That's my voice under there. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. that'll come up so on my like, podcast. Probably have run into and then...
0: Sean Welcome more often than you <laughs> would, have, would realize around town.
1: Yeah. All so, right. So like that, I think those things just like blow my mind because it was just something that I was you know, just writing raps mm-hmm. in my dad's, my dad's house, you know what I mean? And at school and, and it snowballed into this thing. I think in part, cause I was really open to other styles of storytelling and then being exposed to national poetry slam and hearing other artists and being open to like what other people had to share. I was like, Hmm, like it, it like, Influenced I, you. Yeah, I was I was open to that. I wasn't like yeah. a closed, like, oh, this is my thing. Look how dope I am. Look how awesome I am. You know what I mean? It was like trying to There's I was so like gold, there. I was gold mining mm-hmm. in a sense. You know, like my um Todd Cavanaugh, he was a host of a Tuesday night at Will's pub. He had this line that I'll never forget. And it wasn't even like it need, like I didn't even get it at time, but it was the descriptor that he used that that locked in my in my head he said the warm curve of a question mark i was like <laughs> what i was like who I, I don't even remember the poem to this day i do not remember that poem but i remember the words coming out of his mouth mm-hmm. the warm curve of a question mark and i was like There's just so much. And so I I learned like there's so much that I can learn from other people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people get hung up on what they don't like about a person or what they don't get and don't focus on their assets and what they are producing and what you can gain from that experience. Mm -hmm. And that was my disposition. And I think that's part of what has helped me, uh, incorporate a lot of what I heard into my own writing and performance and, mm-hmm. and like through performance, you start to, you also let out things that you just want to say, you know, like in the world, you sure. know what I mean? Um, your present your, your own, yeah, your life experience, yeah. your worldview, your creative prowess, just like flexing those muscles, yeah. um, creativity muscles. And so. Yeah. I have a lot of, uh, things to be proud of. of,
0: Speaking of life experiences, um, has there ever been, um, a season or an incident or anything in your life that has been more of a, um, maybe a a harder season or something that was like, kind of like a a pretty big challenge or something that you've ever kind of had to face. And then like, how did you walk through that and come out the other side of that with life?
1: Yeah, it's a good question one that I was expecting (laughs) based on (laughs) we kind of chopped it up a little bit before we hit, hit the record button. Um, so I will start with, um, the end of 2012, September of 2012. Um, so let me preface this. So like, like when I share, when I share what I share, I say it with the understanding that my story incorporates other people's stories. And so I am conscious of that and, and, and protective of that. So, um, I just say that for, I don't know, anybody that may run across this, that, uh, the hardships that I've had is my worldview on, or my view on a, on a situation. And I mean, well, and all that I say here, so I just Say it to say I'm saying this with as much integrity as as I can. So uh in September, late September uh was it late September? August. I think it was late August. Late September. It was late September. Um I got uh, I was performing in Sarasota. And I got a phone call um from a family member that my uh 14-year-old stepdaughter, daughter you know, I had a daughter, was seven months pregnant.
0: Seven months.
1: Yeah. And so did you live with her? Yeah, we all live together. Yep. Yeah. So um so that was a shock. Yeah. And um I when I do poetry writing classes, I, I <laughs> workshops. I'll, I'll give a descriptor like when I got that news, it was as though I had swallowed lightning. Um, as a way to ha- encourage them to invent feeling, you know. So anyway, that was uh, I had to leave uh, immediately from the again we were staying over to perform again and some other thing. I I told mm-hmm. the guys that I traveled with. I was like, I gotta go, I gotta go. So. I called my wife and I kind of told her but not she didn't know? No, no, we didn't know. So I got the news first.
0: So there was no it like was it not like visible? No. No.
1: No. She was kind of heavy I don't say heavy set but okay. big enough to hide. Okay. And yeah, just, right. yeah, just one of those things. Right. And, um, and she was young too. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, 14.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: About to turn 15. So, so yeah, that was hard. Um, hearing that. And then, uh, I, t- I called my f- wife and I was like, Hey, um, I'm coming home. And it was, was way early in the morning. It was the worst time. Cause now she's going to think like, what do, Why are you coming home? What do you have to tell me? I was like, so, but I didn't want to tell her over the phone. Over the phone. So I shouldn't have said nothing. I should have just came home. Right. In retrospect. Instead of having her worry for a right. few hours while I drove back to Orlando. So anyway, I got home and I shared it with her and who I heard it from. And um yeah, we took her to get a test the next morning and and it was true. Mm -hmm. And we heard the heartbeat and the whole deal and went out to our honeymoon spot in New Smyrna Beach and just like grieved out there all day. I mean, obviously, you know, the like life is amazing, Mm. you know, like a child is amazing. But the circumstances were like just really unexpected and Mm. threw us in a difficult um, space, so yeah, that was really hard. that was a difficult, a very, very difficult time that introduced a lot of challenges and tensions in my family around my family sure. um from both sides of our family that we kind of had to like try to navigate, navigate through
0: yeah
1: <clears throat> so um a month later, I found out that the person I thought was my dad wasn't
0: oh whoa, yeah. This is the guy in Brooklyn that you yeah. would spend the summers uh, with, yeah, was not your dad. It was
1: not my biological dad.
0: Not right. Okay, right. It was
1: not my biological dad. Okay. Um, I was uh, about three days away from flying out to Hawaii on an engagement, so it was like long flight with this thing on your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I called him the next day, and so I'm 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 pinning the first. Story with my daughter and I'm and I'm coming here just to kind of give you when you mentioned seasons, mm. like late 2012 was a season going into 13, of
0: like a succession of hard.
1: Right. Of things. Eggs. So um, it turns out that my my dad that I knew was my dad found out I was not biologically his when I was five. He didn't know how to communicate that to me. Um, with that information he still decided to stay he took the, did a test again when I was eight didn't say anything to my mom at all so he
0: he just had a, a feeling
1: um, well yeah people would say things and I don't look exactly like him you know to be I mean? like oh. I, I look more like my mom but that okay. was kind of like oh yeah, you look like more like your mom you know kind of deal that was because I did question it uh, at one point or a few points but kind of blew it off like someone I would know I would know right know? And so, um, uh, yeah, he found out I wasn't his when I was five biologically, um, didn't say anything, kind of lived with this burden of like, who, like, who is it? Like in this constant state of paranoia, is it a family member? Is it a is it, Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was very stressful for him, but, um, you know, kudos to him. He still stayed he in my around. life, stayed in my life and
0: supported you.
1: Yep. And and just kind of kept me as his own. And so, I mean, it could have been part, you know, I mean, how do you go back and explain that to your family? This is not my son. Or um, how do you, you know, you know, he, he'd already developed a love for me by then, mm-hmm. in a, like in an, an attachment. So mm-hmm. th- those things, I think, attributed to the silence, both his love for me and the complexity of sharing it
0: are both very strong
1: yes. motivators to, to, to
0: keep that yeah. to himself. Sure. absolutely. And, um,
1: and then, um, so my mom, uh, knew it could be possibly somebody else, but didn't want to say that because at that time, my dad, Brooklyn dad, um, was very hot tempered, mm. um, even uh, physically, you know, verbally abusive at times, just um, came from uh, poverty really in, in Guyana and where he grew up and lived. And so um, I I imagine it was just a lot of insecurities there, uh, you know, and um, wanted to have control and be stable and, 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 be financially secure. And, and so that all kind of factored into how he behaved back then. Um, and so, um, it was terrifying for my mom to communicate Mm. to my dad, Hey, I got pregnant. It may not be yours. That wasn't an option. Did
0: you ever find out who your biological father is?
1: I did. I'm getting to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, greedy. yeah, so, um, yeah, my, my dad found out, uh, I wasn't his when I was five, um, stayed, uh, still stayed. My mom knew it could be the possibility somebody else didn't say anything due to her own fears and just the complexity of that. And so i just kind of grew up in this, um, kind of silence. My biological dad, um, did not know that my mother was pregnant at all. So there was an, it wasn't a situation where he, um,
0: actively chose to, actively not, chose be to
1: not be around or life. be in my life yeah. or anything like that. And I, I came to learn after asking my mom and telling him, yeah, you know, dad's, you know, that's a whole nother story about how it kind of unfolded. But, um, the short of it is, um, my biological dad is very much like me on, in the in the learning sense and academic sense, where he's into like sociology. He had his uh he came over to the states um, and got his bachelor's degree from uh, Columbia in in sociology mm-hmm. and his master's in organizational psychology, which made a lot of sense mm-hmm. given that uh of how much I'm into like community stuff. And I learned that my and grandfather, learning. yeah, and learning yeah. And, and my grandfather on his side was into community like activism and that sort of thing. So I was like, hmm <laughs> <laughs> and all my siblings all too. Like teachers. his yeah, yeah. So I met his Kids. How old were you at this time? I was, um, 29. So, yeah. So everything all Yeah. I was, that was in 20, uh, 2012, late 2012. Okay, I was 29. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was challenging as well. And then, you know, my wife's trying to navigate so many things. So, so shortly after that, we found out that we were pregnant with our first child.
0: Whoa.
1: Yeah. Your All-
0: mind's got to be like, <laughs> like, I don't know where to land.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we had a baby due in December of 2012, which we found out in like September and then, um, a baby due in June of 2013.
0: Whoa. Yeah. So your, your wife and your stepdaughter were pregnant at the same time. Yep. Right.
1: So we have, uh, uncle niece, same age situation. Right. Um,
0: life, life.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so that was challenging, but, uh, to your question, I mean, just a lot of prayer and a lot of having to set up boundaries mm. in our immediate family. And, and there's a lot to figure out internally, just within our family, me, Kiari, Kivantz, Ashton, Serenity, serenity was the her was her daughter my granddaughter serenity
0: well, did and, she um live with you
1: yeah they all yeah, yeah we were right. all yeah they yeah. <laughs> live with me
0: and was her dad in the, in the no,
1: no, sure. no no it yeah. wasn't um both of the kids dads weren't in the a picture they were in jail so um as a matter of fact at the time she got pregnant her biological dad had just gotten out of of jail so it was yeah it was a real com- complex situation right um but you know did the best we could and and just kind of prayed about what to do and and sought really good counsel our pastors were very helpful at that time larry and lee ramirez just kind of heard us out and uh yeah just really was an ear for that and they had similar stories not in the teen pregnancy thing but the dad thing
0: Hmm.
1: um with pastor larry and and so yeah it was a lot of story sharing and um i when it first happened with, with the whole dad thing i uh i um sorry i'm gathering my thoughts i came up with theories around what happened before I knew what happened so it was like a day or two of like flashbacks of of my life
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like thinking about all the family members who had to have known and also didn't say anything we lived in that uh-huh. or yeah. you know what i mean uh-huh and uh and who it was and the whole thing and obviously of course this is all happening before i I spoke to my my dad gladwin you know
0: do you have a relationship with your biological dad mm
1: -hmm. no yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so so we met we met in in 2016 uh we did the dna test in 2014 okay um he agreed to that and um i went to guyana in 2016 january and oh i met him okay the first time my mom uh, introduced us and we had a three hour conversation <laughs> at the age of, I think I was 32.
0: Holy Moses. Then, yeah. yeah. That's pretty great.
1: Yeah. So, but it's been great. Um, he's uh matter of fact, he, he came to my uh, graduation. I spoke about in 2017 mm-hmm. at UCF. So I was like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's a reason why I graduated so late. Whoa. So he could he be, there be there and, and they could meet each other. Yeah, my my uh, dad, dad and my biological dad, you know, cause they they met each other at my graduation. Which...
0: You're making me feel a lot of
1: feelings. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot. It's it's that's a lot. Uh, but still, you know, awesome. just doing open mic stuff. So uh, when I hear other people's stories, you know, at open mic stuff, man, I just I just listen. Mm. It's so healthy for people to have outlets. Yeah. Um, and express the things that they. Um, or going through or felt mm. or feeling or processing
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and who they are now may not be who they'll be next week. You know what I mean? But there has to be a safe space where people can just process yeah. process free of judgment. Sure. And just because that's needed. Like it's needed. And it doesn't always happen in the church.
0: So, you know I mean? so. doing the spoken words is... Is kind of like one of the things that you do within the community, but could you share kind of your role within like what are all the things that you do around town? And yeah, so and yeah, so I, perf-
1: and- I perform my, my formal um, job. I call it my job job <laughs> is I work for Polis Institute. Mm-hmm. Polis is the Greek word for city, so if you think city institute, we're a best practices nonprofit organization yeah. that focuses on. Um, community development and and like strategies around how how to do that well,
0: mm.
1: um, that s- serves people with uh, dignity, um, prioritizes residents,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. um, uh, it's happening all over the country. Development is just that's just. I the mean, thing. it's going to
0: happen one way. It's going to happen one way or another. Like how do we implement
1: this well? How do we right? So so we we're a third party facilitator mm-hmm. in that process. So you have investors, you have residents, they often speak different languages mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we're we're the peacemakers um in that space, and we do um community leader We have a number of programs that we offer, so there's consulting there's um gap programming, which mm-hmm. is um when I first came on, I was hired to uh, coordinate a neighborhood and family engagement program called MVP Families mm-hmm. that um, is designed to strengthen the social fabric of an area that was going under a lot of revitalization um, efforts. So I, b- I pretty much planned family fun events throughout the school year, um, empowering uh, parents and just basically like creating a space for parents and children to connect mm-hmm. and focusing on this idea of developmental relationships which is, uh, you know, coming alongside parents to be, um, helpful, you know, best helpful to their children, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, so like just, and it's not even me really doing anything. It's like creating a space for that to happen. happen. So uh, we have dinner meetings uh, Mm -hmm. once a month at Frontline Outreach, Mm -hmm. Community Center. Um, Tomorrow we'll be at the Orlando Museum of Art uh, Mm -hmm. doing a tour of the Florida Highwaymen, uh, Mm -hmm. their arts being displayed there. Um, there's bowl games that happen uh, throughout the end of the uh usually the end of the year it's bowl season but a lot of college football games the pro bowl so there's opportunities to do all these things that any other neighborhood can do through the through the program at really little cost other like other than your participation we ask right. for donations and find ways for um residents to volunteer and participate just so that like, they are a part of the process it's not like oh come fit into our program but like you know, come we'll and meet see your the
0: community to see like what they would like to be engaged with.
1: Mm-hmm. That's how the program really started. Yeah. Um, it was a summer camp that was happening at Florida citrus sports, mm-hmm. which is the nonprofit arm of camping world stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the, we went to the parents of those kids and said, Hey, if we did a, program that was year-round a uh, family engagement what program. Like year. Whoa, like. What do you want it to look like? What mm-hmm. do you want it to be? And the ideas from that became the structure of what is now MVP family. So, um, so I facilitate all of the events and, and plan them. And so that's my, that's my day job and right. connect with residents and invite other people in the neighborhood to participate. And so yeah. there's a recruitment aspect, there's a tracking aspect, there's pre-planning, there's getting guest speakers, you know, looking up guest speakers mm-hmm. on the line. And, um, Coming up with different activities. And I like to have fun. That's part of my MO, same thing I do at Dandelion. You know what I mean? So diverse word, like people together, having fun. Like that's the that's Sean welcome. You know yeah. what I mean? That's my deal. And so to have that formalized through a nonprofit and and to have an organization that streamlines my skill set is like a dream. You know what I mean? So um, so that's what I that's my job. Yeah, that's how I do. We have other programs. I don't get, get too deep into um, that, but I, I love working for that. I love the mission and the vision yeah. of that. I think it's really needed. I've been able to see it, see the necessity of what it is that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely need that middle middle person. Right. Involved.
0: Well, um, I would just say over the years that I've known you, just like what? one and upstanding person that you are and the, what you offer to the community and um, kind of like it is kind of the story that you have had that has led you into the position that you are to be able to speak to the needs of the community Mm -hmm. and um, how you have prioritized like the spoken word and, um being that kind of conduit right for communities and um having a passion to one have fun, which is so wholly important <laughs> and then uh two to have the skill set to to um follow through I think with what communities need and and to really gauge um I think from people to say not just like slapping an event together and saying here's here's what you get.' Or here's what we think you want. Mm -hmm. But with Polis, what I've seen them come in and really listen to communities and then to say, how can we serve well? Like Dignity Serves, right? Mm -hmm. That's
1: one of our programs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I went through that. Um,
0: And yeah, I just, I just, I value. For for
1: those uh, listening, that's a training for churches and people in ministry to understand community engagement. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to, to training like day and a half training that we have with that. So yeah. just for yeah, clarification yeah. purposes. Sure. Yeah.
0: But yeah. just the, mm-hmm. I think the vibrant person that you are in the community is much appreciated. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Of Thank course.
1: you. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. I mean, um, I've been, uh, I've been blessed and, and just fortunate. I, I, uh, it kind of on that same poetry track um in, in 2017, the city decided our mayor, <laughs> the mayor decided that, that Orlando is going to have a poet laureate, you know, for the ah, city, like some other cities. Yeah. And uh, I was asked to be on the laureate selection committee. So, so we, um, selected me, a representative from Valencia, a representative from UCF, a local publishing company, borough press. Um, some others, uh, came together. It was like a seven person committee, diverse, um, committee came together and read all these applications and we ended up uh, selecting uh, Susan Lilly okay. who's, who's Orlando's uh, Poet Laureate right all now. Right. So, so that's being you a, being a
0: something of, new every day. Yeah, yeah, not yeah.
1: So, so being a part of that process is really, really neat. Like, I mean, like, yeah, sky's the limit. And there's so much promise. If I could brag on Orlando, like there's so much change happening. Mm-hmm. Um, people, I think some of the frustration is that like, Orlando doesn't have what other cities like have in terms of what's established, but it's growing mm-hmm. and you have a, like we a have a ways
0: to shape that. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. Like yeah. we, we have an opportunity to be a part of everything that's growing and changing in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. You know what yeah. I mean? Like to I be
0: part of that narrative I, and to be a help part of the, shape that narrative versus just like you're another drop in the bucket.
1: Exactly. In exactly. Chicago
0: or LA or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. And we've had, um, I mean, like Preacher Lawson. I don't know if you know who he is. I've
0: heard of that name for sure. He
1: used to come out to Diverse Word and okay. practice his comedy and then ends up on America's Got Talent and gets right. second. Right,
0: and he's right. all over
1: the world now. right, right. right. Famous. Like... That started That's here, dumb. right? I, I, don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm claiming that. That's credit, Orlando, man. Credit like Orlando. So, yeah. Popsville, and I love, I love living here. Um, we purchased our first home um, about uh, June of uh, late May, early June of the nineteen mm. last year. Uh, right there, Holden. You were mentioning that yeah. earlier. And uh, I just love it, man. Yeah. That's great.
0: So we're going to move into one of my other favorite topics, which is the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like how we show up in the world, which you've done a lot of. Um, So we're talking earlier about we uh, were maybe thinking you were you think that maybe your number would be.
1: You want me to say it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like I'm not going to tell I'm you. I'm not going
0: to like force this on you. I got you.
1: 4 wing <laughs> 3 is four what three. I'm is what I'm told.
0: Yeah. All
1: is right. That's what It right. yeah. was
0: what you, yeah. So if you so, had looked at it, you had had thought maybe a 4, um yeah. which I think that I would concur with.
1: Yeah. So preface that I am not a fan and that's an understatement of yeah. personality tests. Uh-huh. Um I just it just feels like I don't know it's very boxy and
0: Mm.
1: I just like I don't know like I I think I took one in like college and I don't know I bubbled in all the things Mm -hmm. they're like you can't be all those things and it was like it was a big deal I was like I'm never doing this again I I tried it uh, I was Uh apprehensive at first like don't uh, don't box me in. don't do this to my life Uh uh-huh of my wife insisted and mm-hmm. she's the queen of my home. And uh, <laughs> so I took the test and that's what came out. Four wing three.
0: Four so. wing three. So four, if you're, if you're not familiar, the four is called the individualist. Mm-hmm. And so I think the interesting thing is the one thing, the fourth, the four does not want is to be boxed in. <laughs> they, the fours are very unique. So they have to like, they want to guard their uniqueness. Like no one else is like me. Um, no one else can understand my experience. Um, I don't want to be placed in a box because I am this unique thing in the world, which we are all unique things in the world, right?
1: (laughs) But we're conscious of it.
0: Oh yes. And so that (laughs) is, that is the fours main goal is to kind of, for lack of better terms, they need to feel special and unique in the world and they have a, oftentimes a very great emotional depth to be able to see what create, what like what is created inside of them and what makes them very unique and one of a kind. Mm. And they also have a beautiful capacity to share like deep emotion and, um, the beauty of the world Mm -hmm. with the world. So we all need, obviously, whether you believe in personality types or not, we all need different parts of the body, right? Mm-hmm. We all, we, we need each other. We need every single, we need people to get stuff done. We need people to, to be rational, to be thinkers. We need mm-hmm. people to be connected to their emotions, connected to beauty. Um, so I just think that from who I've seen you be and interact with the world, one is the four is, is the creative type. And so being able to tap into like, Hey, I've got this, I have a beautiful way of communicating like with all the stories in my life. And we got to hear a little bit of that today, Mm. but I think that I've, I've seen you translate that in a way that not everyone can right? Not like I, I know that I have a lot of talents, um, but I'm not a painter and I'm not Mm. a writer and I'm not a poet. I can do other things, but, um, we need kind of all those parts to like, uh, see and communicate the beauty in the world. And then with the three wing, the three is the achiever. So like you are somebody who's not just stuck in your head. You have the capacity to know that like, I also want to get stuff done. Right. Like, and I, and I have, I have a vision and I have a goal in mind. So whether that's basketball or studies or creative word or running your job, you want to be successful, which is, a very powerful thing. Right. And so we have blind spots along the way, no matter who we are, but we also have these really great, I think, beautiful outlets to say like, this is kind of how I was created. Mm -hmm. And I get to fully like, see the, the Enneagram to me has helped to see the full picture of like who we're created to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also shows us, Hey, when you're healthy, like this is maybe what it looks like. And when you're unhealthy, maybe look out for these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we all have blind spots, no matter who we are. Yeah. But, um, I think the Enneagram is a tool in that sense of like, not trying to box people in,
1: I know you're making your case. This all good. We're good. Like, I, I get it. I, I, I get the context.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: not, uh, I'm just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rebuttal. I was just wanted to put that out there. Right. I'm not gonna, you know, rebuttal further. We're gonna, I'm gonna be a good sport.
0: You're gonna be a good sport. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: But I think that it is important. Something that I do like to talk about is, I think, I think there's a very big, um, Honor and, and wait on self-awareness and mm. how we understand ourselves and how we interact with the world. Because you know you've been in spaces where people are unaware of themselves and mm-hmm. how they affect the mood of a space or how they honor people or don't honor them in a space or an event or whatever. Um, and so I think self-awareness is very powerful to also hold space for compassion and grace for other people and like to know how to interact well with them to say, all right, maybe you're not here yet, or I'm feeling this way. So I need to be aware of myself. So Mm. I'm not like um, unleashing things on people unexpectedly where they're not prepared, you know, for those things, like being able to say like. I hold my sacredness for my family and I know like when to be vulnerable and I know when to like present myself as being a, you know, a leader and capable and yeah. being able to lead people. Well,
1: yeah. so I get it.
0: Yeah, I get it. So, I get it.
1: I get it. No, yeah. that's great. Um, I, I, think, uh, the baseline of that is is really wrapping language around mm-hmm. our complex human nature mm-hmm. and, and, ways of being in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really wrapping language around the different types. So, yeah, I totally yeah. get that. All right. Um it's yeah. just
0: such a fascinating um I think avenue to explore and just like a tool to to use for the end goal I think is having more grace and compassion for yourself and for other people, which I think is something we need
1: more, more of, of across yeah.
0: across yeah, the world. Yeah, I see that
1: play out all the time.
0: We're so differently created. And so having, having the capacity to understand like, okay, like we might not react the same way to things. And I need to like, understand that you're coming from a different place. My story is very different than, than your stories and where you are in your life might be very different. And Mm. having this, having the awareness of, who we are and how we interact with other
1: people. Yeah. And I think the more aware you are of yourself, like you, you said, it you kind of creates space to be empathetic and think mm-hmm. of like other people. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I see some truth in that. So
0: super interesting. <laughs> so we're going to move into our last topic, which is my ultimate favorite, which is rest, um, mm. which is something that I think people don't do enough of. And uh, the importance that it can bring to the health, like spiritually, emotionally, physically, creatively, mm-hmm. I think rest plays a huge role in that. And it also can be a very scary thing to stop, right? Sabbath means to stop, mm-hmm. to stop working. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to know some of the like, the practices that you've adopted in your world and like play, rest, discovery, um, what does that look like for you to like really step back and retreat into Sean's world to feel like you can take a break?
1: Yeah. So, um, I have monthly massages, yes. <laughs> hand in stone. <laughs> um, I pay for that, but, uh, it's something that I adopted a, f- a couple of years ago, um, just to invest in my own rest and relaxation mm-hmm. and, um, tensions that build up that I may not even know maybe building up. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I pray, um, I like to, uh, let scripture like wash over me, you know, like I, I would play like audio Bible stuff and just kind of let words of, right. you know, affirmation and wisdom, uh, play and, and I'll read the word. Um, I, uh, I th- think it's probably been about six months now or so been doing yoga sessions. Shout out to Asada Jones. All right. Um, she's my instructor, but I'm uh, just kind of helping me, uh, relax, but also strengthen my core and, you know, my <laughs> legs and I want to be more flexible and mm-hmm. I have like physical goals. And so been doing that and that's been, that's been helpful and good. Um, yeah. Cocktails. All right. Again. Yeah. Flex, you know,
0: those are some,
1: um, water,
0: water. If you had a ideal day to, it could be here. It could be anywhere. Um, money is of no consequence. If you could have like an ideal day off, like morning to night, um, it could incorporate whatever, whatever you want What would like an ideal day off be for
1: you? I'll definitely watch a couple documentaries. Okay. Love documentaries. Fair
0: enough. Do you have a favorite one as of the moment? Oh
1: gosh. So many of what's, them. What's,
0: what's the latest?
1: Um, uh, um, evolution of hip hop or hip hop evolution is okay. one. Um, the assassination of Malcolm X is another. Um, inside the mind of Aaron Hernandez, I think it recently came I out. I saw
0: that. It looks pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. I it's seen
1: fascinating it. though too. Mm-hmm. You get inside the mind of people. Um, yeah, all of them. Anything. Uh, um, the explained, uh, the mind I explained, sex explained. I have all-
0: watched <laughs> every single episode of Explains. explained. Yes.
1: Yeah. Those are cool. Uh-huh. Um, there's, there's another one. Um, oh gosh, all the food stuff.
0: Chef's table, uh, I, ugly, delicious.
1: No forks yeah. over knives.
0: Fork Oh, okay. What the hell? Okay. okay, All right. Yeah. More, those are more documentaries, right? Sure. Yeah. All
1: right. <laughs> you don't want to watch them because you don't want to stop eating meat.
0: <laughs> I, You're
1: like, I'm staying away I, from those documentaries. Right. I'm not, no judgment. I, yeah. I'm just. I've yeah. actually yeah.
0: cut back on my meat conception. Cool. I read a book uh, called We Are the Weather by Jonathan Safran Foyer. Cool. Um, but anyway, I don't, I mean, I, I do love meat, but I try not to eat a ton of it. Because I am aware of the of the consequences yeah. that it has on
1: the environment. I'm not going to get in a soapbox. the yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, we,
0: we don't have time we, for that. We not time right? for that.
1: <laughs> wow, but that's great. Yes. So, so yeah. So documentaries. Um, the beach is always cool when I'm prepared and you have the mm-hmm. tent and the mm-hmm. the whole you know setup. spread. The setup. Yes. I mean, that's super relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe uh, night out with my wife somewhere. Mm. Immerse. Immerse is awesome. <laughs> Happens once a year. Once but. a year. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm um, got Fusion Fest now too. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Fusion Fest. i am curator of that on yeah. the, the word stage for that. Mm-hmm. So very cool. Um, yeah, that, that's like a collage of things. Any any mixture of that. I mean, we have a pool now, so like mm. just kind of going out back and mm-hmm. taking a dip on a yeah. nice day.
0: Just having time to just. Be. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Some yeah. music. Um, what, uh, talking to strangers, Malcolm Gladwell's book. It's amazing. I
0: have not read that yet. Yeah. Yes. His love-
1: podcast revisionist history. Yes, love-
0: mm-hmm.
1: amazing. amazing. Um, code switch Ted radio hour,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah, I was podcast.
0: All right. right. So now you're on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm
1: On a podcast. <laughs> and on a call. I was on Asada's as well. She has a she has one uh, yoga instructor. Okay.
0: She
1: has a, a podcast as All well. Right. So actually, we interviewed uh, as well, and um, now I have one with you. Have I ever been on another podcast? I don't know.
0: Right on. I don't
1: know, but yeah, those are things that bring. Life and mm. relaxation mm-hmm. to to me. Um, I love to play ball, but I have to get back the strength that I had yeah. <laughs> twenty years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? I tore my ACL when I was fifteen. Oh shoot! So my knee irritates often. I'm just I just hadn't been the been the same. So I really want to kind of stay on top of my physique just, mm-hmm. and my. Um, cardiovascular, whatever. Sure, (laughs) not have to quit so early, you know, kind of deal. So yeah, playing basketball is always a good like stress reliever too.
0: All right, I got two questions left, and then we're gonna wrap it up. One is,
1: oh, the more I'm talking, the more I realize how many things I didn't say on the different parts, but. Right. I'm not getting there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Two questions. Go ahead. You'll have to do a round two. <laughs>
0: More stories with Sean. This is
1: a tip of the iceberg.
0: That's true. Um, okay. So this is kind of coming from left field, but it's always uh, it's a curious question for me. So I have known you for most of the years. I've known you ha- as this uh, long-haired gentleman with some beautiful dreads. <laughs> full full on. And really uh, in the past year or so, year or two, you shaved all your hair off. Was there a uh, an impetus for this or like, how did that yeah, come to so, be? So
1: this happened uh, late June of last year, okay. June of 19. So, so less like than a year. Eight months ago-ish. Yeah. And uh, my brother, my younger, youngest brother uh, was getting married. And a few days before the wedding, I was trying to decide what to do with my hair. And um, I was thinking, oh, okay, well, I'm just kind of like looking at it and pulling it back, just kind of think of different things to do with it. And my wife <clears throat> had cut some of it to even it out because okay. some locks were longer than the others, and just and I realized, like when she cut it, I didn't feel any kind of way, like <gasps> like no, don't, you know. It was kind of like, hmm. huh. so that was like that was kind of like a hint. And then, um, we had just bought the house a month prior, so may we closed on may thirty first until twenty nineteen um and that was a big change also so between moving, my brother getting married, my wife snipping some and me not feeling no kind of way, I just kind of was in this transitional space
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh some
0: life changes,
1: yeah. And I was like, "Mm, I think I'm just going to roll into this. And I talked to my son, who also had locks at the time. He was, I don't know, 18, something. And uh, he was like, yeah, do it. You know, he's just do it, yeah. And I was like, what if? I kept asking these what if questions. Hey, what do do y'all think if I cut my hair? And they're like, you sure? You know, because I had (laughs) locks since 2002. Yeah. You know, so you're talking about 17 years. And then... I was like, I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm like, I'm not gonna make a big deal of it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go to the barber barbershop and just go. Let's do it. And I went. All right. And I cut it. Okay. So.
0: That's that. Here I am. Here you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> same guy though. True. People, people at Danny Lyman was like, you better perform the same. <laughs> so I'd make sure that it doesn't change still, nothing
0: but a haircut. Uh, but it was, it definitely was a part of your, like you know.
1: Well, how people perceive me. even my wife. My wife never seen me with a, hair. okay haircut. Right. So she was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, "Okay, who did I marry?
0: Right.
1: <laughs> Let's see what's under there." Um, Whole
0: new. So
1: yeah, Whole it was cool, shower. but I feel good. Yeah,
0: cool. let
1: right. it's just change. Lauren Hill said, "Anything that isn't growing and changing is dead."
0: Just like your hair
1: anything that isn't growing and changes that we change and evolve and move into different spaces Mm, um mm -hmm. i'm in a docent training right now you know what a docent is yes i'm a
0: for the orlando museum Museum yeah really i'm
1: like and i'm almost done with my class yeah which is really neat because like everyone and everyone in there looks nothing like me Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's kind of and here Here i'm like oh it's (laughs) a new space So, uh, but that's cool. Like that's kind of like part of the journey. Yeah. You know, like what else can I learn? How else can I grow? Mm. How can I continue to improve and, and, and personally develop as an individual, as a better leader, as a better husband, as a better father, um, like my mind, like I, I want to be the best version of myself that I can be and, and mm. offer the world everything that God's created me to offer it. Yeah. And, you know, that takes a mindset to adopt and, and execute mm. and it doesn't always happen. So, um, I'm so trying
0: actually kind of leads us into the the very final question, but, um, do you have any kind of like MO or mantra or any kind of thing that you live, live, lead your life by?
1: I just like a lot of quotes, you know, a lot of quotes. Yeah. Just a All lot right. of quotes. Yeah. Do you have
0: one or two favorite ones that you would share?
1: Um, Gosh, I, I weave them all in my poetry, like I'll, I'll drop them in, um, I think, I, what did I post yesterday on Facebook? It was something that you Les have Brown any, like, said.
0: clip of a poem that you could share?
1: It's all on the internet.
0: <laughs> I,
1: know, I know, but I have you on my podcast. Yeah, so. I know, I know. Um, yeah, I do. I have, I have all of that. I just wasn't. Thinking about it at the moment. Um, let me let me let me try to think of a what's a quote I really like. Um, Les Brown says that if your achievements outgrow your sense of self, you will unconsciously engage in self-destructive behavior.
0: Whoa, you got to wrap your mind around that. Yeah, if yeah. You, if
1: you're achieve if like the things you accomplish, like are ahead of your sense of who you are and why you're here and, and how you are purposed on this planet. Mm. Um, like eventually you'll, even if it's like, like unconscious you're you're, you're going to live in a space that's like not grounded mm-hmm. and it's going to hurt you in the end. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like that, uh, quote. That's good. Um, there's another one. Um, that I like, I think it's by Damon Thompson. He says that real maturity is the consistent application of elementary things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I see that play out in my life. Like, I feel like I get a lot of the credit at, at, at Dandelion, you know, like, because there's a ton of people out there every week and people are performing and it's all this whole thing. But I literally just go there and I open up a list and I read the names. You know what I mean? And like, I don't feel like I do as much as I'm being credited for. I did a lot of groundwork in the beginning, but now it's more of management. Like I I just trim the hedges. Now I'm not. I'm not growing the plant. I'm not growing the bush.
0: Do you still perform there often?
1: I break ice every week, yeah, and then uh, open it up for everybody. So yes, I do perform every week. So offering something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I mean, my, my the bookings and stuff. I usually like would create content for conferences or or events. Mm-hmm. So the, and that's a whole nother um, process. So, um, so there's performances in that space, but that's like the whole invoice and, the, you know, it's not uh, administrative. Uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's another yeah. world, but, but I love it all, man. I like, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Mm. I'm just happy. And I love my job. Like I think about it and like, I just, I just reflect on it like, I reflect on it and I'm and I'm grateful and I'm aware of the fact that what I have now, not everyone has. Like, mm-hmm. I love where I work. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I am in control of what I do. I have created a space from nothing
0: mm-hmm.
1: to this thriving arts, poetry night that every like, a lot of people like know about and enjoy and benefit from and tell me that they benefit from. Um, I'm happily married. Like I have the best, most beautiful wife in the world. I have four great children, mm-hmm. um, and a granddaughter. You know what I mean? Like I own a home. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm 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 tackling you don't dad take that
0: for granted. For no, I moment. don't. Yeah, I
1: don't. And and you know, some sometimes even like I have to. I have to tell myself to do more. I have to like, tell myself to do because I can be, I can, I have tendencies of being complacent.
0: Mm. You know what you're capable of.
1: But, I'm, but I see yeah. more like, because mm. ideas continue to rush into my head and plans of action rush into my head. But I don't always act on those things. Mm. I'm just like, oh, this is great. You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, I have relationship, great relationships with both my dads. (laughs) Great relationship with my mom um, and my siblings. And uh, you know, I like it's my (laughs) my, we have two now uh, two younger children together outside of the you know I said four kids right. Mm -hmm. So you're tracking with me. Yeah, we have two together. Yep and the younger ones are a handful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) They're six and four now born in 2013, 2015 Um, Ashton and justice Ashton poet and justice lyric, by the way, just to throw that out there.
0: I have a nephew, justice Hosea.
1: Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yep. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just challenging and fun, but like I'm doing everything that I, that I want to do. And I, and I'm still looking over the horizon at like what's, (laughs) next i'm not a millionaire i'm not like killing it on some you know other level but like my happiness like if that could be measured in you're money i'm a wealthy man yeah. i'm like super rich yeah that's um how i feel and so like that that's i think a, a part of um A, a, a part of what doesn't um part of what doesn't make me do things too because i'm like really conscious of like where i am like i was born in the united states like the it has its you know like u.s history is complex and crazy mm-hmm. but like i was i was born in the, in the states you know what i mean And like with all of the things that I just previously mentioned, like that's a blessing and I count those. Yeah. I count those blessings when I consider that I was homeless, which I didn't like even get to a precariously house, however you want to call it. Um, When I quit my job and and was doing poetry full time and this whole, you know, I had and, and wanted to like get into community. Cause I felt like that's the the route I needed to make. And this is after like two years into marriage and, you know, getting evicted and having a, our, our car repossessed and this whole, like there was this whole thing of, uh, being on the backside of a desert, David, you know, no one's kind of paying attention to him kind of deal. He's mm-hmm. like out in the wilderness. I kind of felt like I was in that space. Right. And then God kind of like brought that full circle to now, like I was chasing something that I couldn't define, but knew that's how I operate. And I just kept doing that in that space until structures created around me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm living off of that. Like that's, that's just great. Yeah. That's great. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I always try to encourage, uh, young people when they're trying to find their space, like you don't, uh, have to let your circumstances or your, um, like societal structures defined, define w- like the, the world that you can live in,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and that's not downplaying like obstacles, uh, um, systemic racism or anything like that. Like those things are real and valid. Um, but there's ways to create your world and sit in it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and create your own space. God gave each and every one of us, I believe like something to contribute like to the world Mm -hmm. and the more giving we are and, and, and free handed we are of that, like money will chase you, opportunities will chase you, as you release who you are into the universe. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Thank you for being here. Yeah, and thanks sharing for having all me. the things. <laughs> Where do people find you online? Yeah,
1: Dandelion and... on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. My online presence sucks. I'll say that publicly because yeah, right. I'm. I just I'm not an ad. Like I don't. Like I, I just am, mm-hmm. and people. You're in the flesh, yeah. Sean. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. S- see me on Tuesdays. Sure. Um, I, I would like to get better with that. Um, and I have some folks helping me, but um, don't depend on that. Is my thing. Like my social media, Oh, right. uh, Don't don't depend on that. But yeah, Tuesday nights at Dandelion Community Cafe. Um, I'm there and. Usually, yeah, when I'm booked, my name will be in a program, and some other organization will promote that I'm like there, but doing stuff um,
0: around town, yeah, yeah.
1: So, I don't know, get in contact with Dana at any creature for your listeners, yeah. Beautiful, so. thank you for spending this time, yeah, with thank me. you, Dana, yeah, story. and congrats on everything you're doing with Dinner Party Project, yeah. So, uh, I, I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a good space for you with your love for food and drinks and like like that's it. That's like it. like like beat that beat that horse, man. Like keep oh, I doing mean, it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversation. <laughs>